the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome on DraftedFreeAsia.com and Major Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me for a special March Madness edition of the podcast. This is the time of year we all wait for, so thankfully it is here. So on today's episode, I'm going to go through two of the brackets, and then I'll do a separate prod for the final two. But we're going to go through the West bracket and the South bracket game by game. That includes the mid-majors. I'll go in-depth with whoever is involved with the mid-majors. We're, of course, going to talk betting lines just before I recorded this. I put a few bones on about 10 different games for the first two days, and I'll tell you which games I really like. And so, uh, as usual, we always start this podcast with the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the number one team in the country, who, of course, are a mid-major out of the West Coast Conference. So the Zags, 26-3, the West Coast Conference champions. And they're going to face number 16, Georgia State. Now, you know, we all know about the UMBC beating Virginia, the only 16 to ever get a one seed in the history of the tournament. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but of all four 1-16 games, this game is the most likely of possibilities where the 16 could get the one. Now, the betting line on the game is 23.5. The Zags are the favorite. Now, Georgia State is just 18-10 on the season. They started off pretty slow, but they won 12 of their last 13. The Zags averaged 87.8 points per game versus Georgia State's 70.6. And then against defense, the, av- the Zags averaged 65.3, while Georgia State 64.8. So pretty similar. Now, here's the deal. you got to throw sometimes some of the analytics and records out the window. Georgia State has a big forward, Eliel Nosemi. He's a kid from the Congo, but grew up in Canada. I've had the chance to see him play. I called a couple of his high school games, watched him when he played for Cincinnati. He's a high major talent, actually played pretty well at Cincinnati, but for whatever reason, left and transferred to Georgia State, where he has excelled. I mean, this is a guy that's had 20-plus rebound games. Uh, He can block shots. He's going to cause problems for Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, I think. You know, obviously, we're talking about two future NBA players in Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Georgia State's got a couple senior guards. Corey Allen averaging 14.7 points per game. Kane Williams, 12.5 points per game. One guy's a six-year, I think the other guy's a five-year. So I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them. They've got an excellent coach in Rob Lanier. I thought Georgia State was like a 13-14 seed. I was shocked when I saw the bracket come out and they were 16. The Sun Belt is one of the best mid-major conferences in college basketball. It is a tough league top to bottom. So this is a team that's battle-tested. You know, I know they're not playing the Big 12 or the ACC, but they're playing pretty good teams. Former, I mean, go look at, you know, South Alabama has like six former SEC guys on their team and Georgia State handled them comfortably. And so... You got to just look. I, I, I'm not saying it's possible, but what I do like is Georgia State and the points. 
I think the Zags, you know, should get through this comfortably, but I just think Georgia State's going to give them a bit of a better game. And for anyone out there who's a little crazy or has got deep pockets, if you are going to pick any of the one versus 16 games and take the 16, this is it. Because you're not going to see Norfolk beat Baylor and some of those other ones. This is the one that has an absolute chance. But I do think the Zags get through. But I do like Georgia State and the points. 23.5. On to the 8-9 matchup. This is a pretty tough matchup. So you got Boise State, the Mountain West champs, 27-7 versus Memphis, who from the American Athletic, 21-11. and I mean, Memphis has got some of these, you know, potential first-round pick guys, Penny Hardaway. You know, they've got the five-star kids. But I just think Boise State's deep. They've got a couple guys who have played high major ball. You're looking at Abu Kijab, this kid that transferred from Oregon couple years ago has been outstanding averaging 14.7 points per game good Canadian boy so we show them love they got another uh, Canadian was it Emmanuel Acott but uh Boise State's also got their share of high major guys Devonair Dutri another kid that played at Arizona and so what Boise State's niche is they play defense they don't score a lot of points they have the number 13 defense in the country they only allow just over 60 points a game so I think they're going to give fits for Memphis. Memphis is two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Boise wins outright, never mind the points and all that. I think the Boise State Broncos get through this comfortably by about five or six. So roll with the Broncos. Boise State coming in, by the way, 120 of 23. So this is a heck of a basketball team. On to the next game involving mid-majors. You got the number five UConn Huskies versus the number 12 New Mexico State Aggies. UConn is a seven-point favorite. It's a tough game to pick. I do like UConn comfortably, even though I, I think UConn's overrated all year long. People have raved about them. They've been in the top 25 for the better part of the season. They're not that good of a team, but neither is New Mexico State. The WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, which is where they're champs, bit of a down year. Not as good as in years past. I don't believe they have the talent. So they do have the WAC player of the year and Teddy Allen, a guy who averaged 19.3 points per game. New Mexico, 26-6 and six on the season. UConn, 23-9. and nine. I just think, you know, UConn's got potential NBA talent. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. I don't know about that seven. It is a scary line. But if I had to, I would go UConn minus seven. I don't think New Mexico State is capable of any sort of run. I've watched them two or three times this year. It's a pretty boring team. They don't really do anything that jumps out at you. Uh, neither does UConn either. But I, I just think by sheer talent, UConn gets through this one. So here's the game a bunch of people are starting to talk about as a potential upset. You know, there's always a 13 that gets a 4 and a definitely a 12 that gets a 5. So Vermont, 28-5 on the season. They're the 13th seed, the American East champs, versus the 4 seed Arkansas, 25-8 and eight in the SEC. Arkansas is 5-point favorites. And so of every game... In the first round of the NCAA tournament, this is the one I like best. Arkansas, minus five, easy. So everyone's talking about how Vermont cruised through the American East tournament, winning by 30, 40 points a night. Well, what that says is they're not ready for a battle. You know, they can run over anybody in, a, you know, one of the lower mid-major conferences in college basketball. The American East is not... It's not great basketball. Look, I love all Division I basketball, and I run a mid-major podcast, so I love all mid-major hoops, but the American East certainly on the lower end of the scale compared to what Arkansas is and the level of talent they have. So the one thing Vermont does have going for them is they are number six in the country in field goal percentage. They're 49.3, so when they do take their shots more often than not, you know, they're having success. It is a good team. 
But I just think Arkansas's depth, length, strength, their coaching go down every every box. The Razorbacks are far superior. And so this is the game I love most of any of the college basketball games in the first round. Arkansas minus five. I think they roll over a well-overmatched Vermont Catamounts team. So also in the West bracket, you got number six, Bama. They'll face the winner of Rutgers versus Notre Dame. I know no uh, mid-major connection here, but I do like Rutgers getting through both beating Notre Dame and then beating Bama. Bama's lost to a couple mid-major teams throughout the year. I think they're overrated. I think it's a lot of last year's success is what Bama's riding on, but uh, any big game they played this year, they faltered. And so, I mean, we all saw Ron Harper Jr.'s improbable buzzer beater over then number one Purdue. Um, I just think they have the it. Uh, and just this is more like a gut check thing. I do like Rutgers to get through Notre Dame and then, of course, get through Bama. So next game that does involve a mid-major in the West bracket, number three, Texas Tech versus number 14, Montana State, who are the Big Sky champs, 27-7. and seven. Texas Tech, 25-9 and nine from the Big 12. So Tech has the number nine net rate, net ranking in all of college basketball with Montana State, number 120. So this is the one thing that I, this is the difference maker here. So versus top 25 teams this year, Texas Tech is seven and four. Montana State, zero and zero. So, you know, they're not playing anyone and Tech every week is in a battle. Watch Tech a number of times over the past couple years. Of course, with Chris Beard leaving, you wonder what kind of team they're going to be. Well, they still got dudes. We all remember Kevin O'Banner from Oral Roberts last year, transferred to Tech, having a pretty decent season. So there's a guy that, you know, among others, is going to be battle-tested. So that's 7-4 and four versus top 25. Says so much to me. Tech is 15-point favorites. Now, that's such a scary line because Montana State can do some good things. Um, I like the Canadian kid, Kellen Tynes, uh, on their team, and they got a couple other decent players, but I just think the level of talent, that 15, I mean, it's such a scary line. If I Hopefully, I mean, someone out there is going to try and chip that line down, but uh, if you have to make a pick, I mean, go with Tech minus 15. They're just more battle-tested and just have deeper talent. So another game involving a mid-major, one of the most overrated mid-majors in all of college basketball, number 10, Davidson out of the A-10, 27-7 versus number 7, Michigan State, who are 22-12 on the season. So strength of schedule on the season, Michigan State 9, Davidson 126. The Spartans are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I got down on this one. I love Michigan State comfortably. I don't understand it. You know, the AP Top 25 voters latch on to certain mid-majors because they're supposed to show love to them. And I think in years past, the A-10 has been one of the better mid-major conferences in all of college basketball. You could go back three, four years. You could maybe even argue they're the best. Certainly not over the past two years. The Mountain West is the best mid-major. And then some people say the West Coast Conference. I don't necessarily buy that. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, the Sun Belt's pretty good. The MAC, you know, with Toledo, Ohio, Akron, all of those very good teams that could have been worthy of playing in the NCAA tournament. But uh, the A-10, certainly not that this year. And I think Michigan State comfortably, uh, they've been so inconsistent. There's been parts of this season where I watch Michigan State and you think, well, this is an Elite Eight team. And then you watch them over the past couple weeks, maybe not so. So you wonder where the effort's going to be. You know they have the talent. You know they have the coaching with Tom Izzo. And you know they have the pedigree. But I just think this Michigan State team is built for now. I like them getting through at least a couple rounds. And they're certainly going to roll over Davidson by about seven or eight points at least. So take Michigan State. This is one of the better bets you'll see in the first round of play.
Number two, Duke versus number 15, Cal Fullerton. Duke 28-6 out of the ACC. Cal Fullerton, the Big West champs at 21-10. Duke is ranked number 41 in the country in three-point percentage. Cal Fullerton, number 229. So when you're one of these small mid-major schools who are undersized, they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys that can physically match up with Duke, they have to be able to shoot the three. Right, So you look at some of the other games like South Dakota, the number one three-point shooting team in the country. I'll get into that in the next pod uh, when I go through their matchup with Providence. But Cal Fullerton, number 229, which says, you know, I mean, that's the only way these kind of teams are going to beat a team like Duke is if they can shoot the three and they can't. Duke is minus 18.5. I mean, I love the Blue Devils in this one. Um, they've been a little shaky down the stretch, you know, losing in the ACC tournament and then losing that that big game for Coach K on his last home game against North Carolina. But, um, yeah, Cal Fullerton, they just don't have the talent. The Blue Devils will roll comfortably. So that's it for the West bracket. couple really nice bets in there for those of you that like to get down. And now I want to get into the South bracket. So we're going to start with the playing game. I think this one's Wednesday. Number 16, Bryant versus the other 16, Wright State. So Bryant 22-9, and nine, the Northeast Conference champs. They beat Wagner in their home gym to get through. And Wright State, the Horizon League champs, 21-13. and 13. So Wright State is three-and-a-half-point favorites, the betting line. So Bryant, pretty good team. They feature the leading scorer in all of college basketball, kid named Peter Kiss, 25 points per game. Started out his career at Quinnipiac, then transferred to Rutgers for three years, uh, and then has now been at Bryant for a couple of years. Wright State's leading scorer is Tanner Holden, 19.8 points per game. Wright State, number 50 in the country in field goal percentage, versus Bryant, who is number 206. Wright State also number 21 in free throws versus Bryant number 117. So in a close game, you got to favor Wright State. And I like that three and a half point. I think Wright State gets through comfortably. Also, I mean, when you look at the level of play, the Horizon League where Wright State's from, they got some pretty good teams. Cleveland State, a really good team. Northern Kentucky, a pretty good team. A Youngstown State, Detroit Mercy with Antoine Davis. Guy's going to play pro, may get a shot in the NBA. So these guys have faced... Some pretty decent talent compared to what the NEC is. You know, the NEC was a two-horse race this year. It was Wagner and Bryant, and then the rest, it was, it was you know, much lower level of basketball. And so I just like the guys from Wright State. They've been playing against better competition. So roll with Wright State minus three and a half. Another game in the South that doesn't include uh, any of the majors, number eight, Seton Hall versus number nine, TCU. This game is a, well, essentially a pick them. Seton Hall minus one. I love the Pirates on there. My Shout-out to my guy Tyree Samuel, who I did play-by-play -play for a couple years of his high school up at Orangeville Prep. So I'm strictly going with my guy Tyrese. Take Seton Hall minus one. So another game that does involve a mid-major, we got the 12 seed UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, Conference USA champs at 27-7 versus Houston, the American Athletic Conference champs, number five seed. So Houston, 30-5 and five on the season. This is one of the best teams in college basketball. I don't know how the hell they're a five seed. I could have easily had them as a three. I think Houston's certainly capable of at least getting to the Sweet 16, maybe more. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Houston, number three net rank versus number 46 for UAB. So UAB has played some guys. I do think Conference USA, compared to last year, a little bit down in talent compared to what it was a year ago. Still some pretty good teams. So UAB, number 15 in the country in three-point percentage at 38%. They got a kid named Jordan Jelly Walker, who's their leading scorer, 20.4 points per game. If he goes off, watch out. If UAB can 
hit some threes, which I certainly think they're capable of. Um, this game, I, I do think Houston gets through, and I do think Houston goes on a run. But as far as the eight and a half, hey, you know what? Take UAB in the points just because they can shoot the three. And I talked about it earlier with the Cal Fullerton and the Duke game where, you know, if you're going to have a shot in one of these games, you got to be capable of shooting from behind the arc. And uh, they certainly have that in Jordan Jelly Walker and a couple other dudes. So, hey, go with UAB and the points. So another game in the South bracket involving a mid-major, number 13, Chattanooga Mocks versus number 4, Illinois Fighting Illini. Illinois 7.5-point favorites in this game. And so I, I put some thought into this. You know, after seeing Chattanooga winning the SoCon, the, you know, on an improbable buzzer beater by David Jean-Baptiste, if you haven't seen it, go look the clip up or go listen to one of my previous two pods where I played the clip and talked about it. Uh, shot of the year. You know, they're down with one second left against Furman. Kid hits a three from just inside the half and boom, you know, rips his shirt off, walks off the court. One of the greatest things he's seen. So what you got, what I thought was, you know what, maybe that's their one shining moment. That's it. But the more I've looked into Chattanooga, it's a pretty good team. So again, they won the SoCon. 27 wins this season. That's a pretty good conference. They have eight or nine teams top to bottom that are certainly capable. And they have some high major talent in that conference. It's good basketball. So I would never sleep on the talent coming out of the SoCon. I think they're capable. I mean, we all know about Kofi Coburn, but I just don't think Illinois is the team that they were last year without Ayo DeSunma, who's now playing with the Chicago Bulls. So you lose your best player. Um, they have replaced them. You know, Brad Underwood's done a pretty good job replacing with, you know, other high major guys. But uh, I just, something tells me Chattanooga in this, number 46 in the country in field goal percentage versus number 103 to Illinois. So David Jean-Baptiste, six-year guy. So, you know, and then they got another guard as well. It's another five, six-year guy. So they've got 24, 25-year-old men. The moment is not going to be too big for the mocks going up against Illinois. So, I mean, certainly on the points, take the mocks plus seven and a half. And uh, I'm going to put them in my bracket is going through. This is one of the upsets. We all know a 13 is going to get a four. And I think this is it. So another game where I'm certain of a mid-major upset over a high-major program, number 10, Loyola Chicago, the Missouri Valley Conference champs versus number seven, The Ohio State. Only 19-11. The Buckeyes have been so inconsistent this year. They're backing in. I believe they lost 7-9 heading into the Big Ten tournament. And Loyola Chicago, 25-7 and on the season. So we all saw their run last year to the Sweet 16. They returned 95% of their roster. The only guy that really lost was Cameron Crutway, who obviously their best player on their head coach, Porter Moser, goes over to Oklahoma. Drew Valentine, the assistant, takes over. has been there for a couple years. Drew is an outstanding coach. And this is a guy I talked about this in last week's pod. Give it five, eight years. This is a guy you're going to see in the conversation to be Michigan State's heir apparent to Tom Izzo, you know, whatever. North, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, he, he's going to be in the conversation for those kind of jobs, only 30 years old. Um, they've got Lucas Williamson on the team. He's their leading scorer, first team, all MVC guy and uh, defensive, you know, stud as well. He's been defensive player of the year. Um, 
he's going to get a chance to play in the league. They're one of the, I believe they're the number 10 three-point shooting team in the country. Ohio State, again, just inconsistent. Obviously, they have some players. As far as the betting line, this game is a pick, which is pretty shocking. But, hey, Ramblers all day. We all know Sister Jean and company. Uh, they're going to have the karma on their side. So, um, I, you know, this is a team, Loyal Chicago, I have watched intimately. I'm on the Missouri Valley Coaches Call every Monday morning. So I talk to these coaches every single Monday morning and hear the other journalists and get all the inside information. I mean, this is a game that I got down on. Ramblers, easy over the Ohio State Buckeyes. Finally, the last game out of the first two brackets we're covering today in the South. Number two, Villanova versus number 15, Delaware, the Colonial Champs. Nova is a 15.5 point favorite. This is a pretty tough line. So Delaware, 22 and 12. Um, they feature Jameer Nelson Jr. We all, a lot of us, well, any Anyone my age remembers his dad, Jameer Nelson, with St. Joe's and then playing in the NBA for, I think, 14 years for a couple different teams. He's now an assistant GM. He's with the he's with Delaware, the G League team, but uh, he's with the 76ers um, in their organization. So obviously, uh, I mean, this kid, Jameer Nelson's got the pedigree, right? I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. 13.7 points per game. He's a really good player. I've watched Delaware play at least three or four times this year. Uh, they also have a big guy, uh, Dylan Painter, who's a former Villanova guy. I don't know. He's been injured this year. I, I, I should have checked if he's playing or not. I did check the injury list. He wasn't on it, so maybe he is in. I'm not too sure yet. But you want to you want to talk about net rank. Villanova, number seven net rank versus number 137. Obviously, the level of teams Villanova's played. Uh, significantly better. I don't think Nova's going to go on a deep run this year. I think they win this game, and then that's it. The 15-and-a-half scary line, if I had to do it, I'll take Delaware and the points. Villanova still gets through, but that 15-and-a-half, pretty big line. Thanks for listening to this version of the pod. I will do another podcast separate with the other two brackets and go through them, obviously, with a mid-major lean to it. This is the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Of course, check out the website, UndraftedFreeAgent.com. Follow us on Instagram, Undrafted underscore FA. It's the same address for Twitter. The Twitter is a work in progress. I mean, it's so hard. I've done this before. You know, when I started the Golf Talk Canada brands, which is the, the golf show on TSN, you know, I started from scratch in 2017 and then, you know, within a couple years was getting over a million views on YouTube and got the Twitter over 10,000. Our Instagram was over 10,000 as well. So it's a grind. The first little bit is. And so, hey, please drop me a follow. I'm always posting content, tips, videos, interviews from all the coaches. Go back and check some of our recent interviews. One, I highly suggest you go check out. Uh, two weeks ago, I interviewed South Dakota State head coach Eric Henderson. The Jackrabbits, obviously, in the tournament. They've got a matchup with Providence, which I'll probably play a clip in the next podcast, but I go pretty in-depth with him. You might be able to find out some good information about the Jackrabbits in that. And anyway, so I'm going to wrap up today's one, and then i got to get to editing this, and then we'll uh, re-record the second version of the podcast later tonight. But enjoy the hoops. We all love this time of the year. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's, it's funny. Last year, you know, the analytics on my podcast went absolutely through the roof. We had several thousand downloads just through the month of March, and that's why I had to get back to a little bit more of the betting because I know everyone wants to, uh, all the degenerates out there looking for any bit of information. So thanks for listening. I'm Chris McKee, and uh, hopefully tune in to the next pod with the other two brackets and all those predictions and, bet and betting lines. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans 
sword. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!